Good evening, and welcome to the rare celebratory edition of the JMU Sports Blog Podcast. I'm Todd. I'm joined, as always, by my buddy Rob. What's up, Rob? Not much, man. How are you? I'm good. Are we... uh... We're, we're celebrating a little tonight, right? We are celebrating. We are celebrating. Yes. I, I poured myself a bourbon for this one. Too. Yeah, this one's a good one. Um, yeah. Maybe if softball does something great in the tournament, I'll be thrilled. But women's basketball is super deserving of this one. And oh, yeah. We are here to celebrate a program that we love dearly. Uh, I will say our timing was impeccable last week, having Coach O on and, uh, and his comments both with us last week and then after the game today, Rob, I don't know if you said heard. He said uh, same thing. He's like, they just, I just want Peyton to, I just want to be in the tournament long enough for Peyton to have a big game, mm-hmm. because nobody can hold her down for three straight games. Yeah, and well, boy, oh boy, <laughs> did that did that look good today? Um, as always, we're brought to you by Mossy Creek Fly Fishing in Harrisonburg, Virginia. You go by the fly shop anytime. Mention the JMU Sports Blog podcast. You get a free sticker. Uh, big news is coming up on Thursday is the big F3T film tour, the fly fishing film tour. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the big annual one. So this Thursday uh, at the Court Square Theater, tickets are 20 bucks. You can get them at the shop or online um, at the Mossy Creek website. And doors at 630, shows at 7, but they're doing the happy hour and sale at the store from 430 to 6. So you can go by, have a beverage, some food, get a big sale on all your spring needs, and then walk over with the whole crew. Um to the show. And I know this one's pretty fun. Yeah, so. it is a great time. I'm like, if you're, yeah. even if you're not a big fly fisherman, these are just yeah. like fun adventure travel sort of things. There's usually one or two that are like conservation themes. So I don't know. It's, it, it's really cool. It, it'll get you yeah. excited to get out there uh, and yeah. do some fishing if that's your thing, or it'll get you mm-hmm. excited to try the sport and plan a trip if it's something you've been thinking about doing for a while. So um, oh, great, yeah. great time. I've gone many, many times in the past and it's also yeah. always fun. It, for anybody that like does has ever seen like the Warren Miller ski films or something like that, it's like that yes. kind of fun. Yes, um, same sort of vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so big thanks to Mossy Creek and um, you know, go by the shop. And yeah, I don't know. That's it. Tell your friends about the podcast. It's a big week for us. Um, it's pretty fun. We're celebrating a, another Sun Belt title like volleyball did earlier in the year. This is pretty great. Um, Rob, I don't know where to begin here. Let's just, I, I, we got to start with the women, right? We'll come Absolutely. back, circle back to the men. Crown them. Uh, crown them, yes. An absolutely incredible performance this afternoon uh, from the women down in the, the tournament final. Absolutely destroying <laughs> Texas State, 81-51 in the championship game. Um, like, cleared benches, walk-on scoring points at the end, like, I don't even know what we have a lot to talk about. We're just going to kind of go around. We don't have a particular format here. We are so pleased. I saw the tweet from Kevin Warner, Rob, about um, the combined Kiki's. Win? Well, and also mm-hmm. Kiki's uh, her career at JMU, right? That her first year was that loaded JMU team with um, Kayla Cooper Williams and Lexi Barrier, twenty twenty, and the tournament and and freshman you know superstar Kiki Jefferson and the 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 world shuts down for COVID like the week of the tournament Um, sophomore year, the team has COVID issues throughout the season off and on and never really pulls it together. And then last year, we all know what happened with the old um, craptastic conference. Uh, So to have her and coach O who have both had loaded teams before 
I, I felt really fortunate today, Rob. We did. I, I hate. I don't want to recap like Twitter stuff, but you know, we put out a little thing saying like we hope Kamaya Smalls and her team, former teammates, are celebrating this somewhere because this is more than just this group. Like the Coach O era has been more than just this year's team. Yeah, and a lot of really snake bitten teams. And I was so thrilled to see Kamaya respond and be like, "We are so beyond proud. This is incredible." You know. Yeah. Um, so just big thanks to those that came before as always, uh, the story of the game is that Kiki and Peyton McDaniel outscored Texas state 52, 51, 52, 51. And that is not even fair to the rest of the JMU team. There are many of whom contributed in really important ways today, but you're not going to beat JMU when those two shoot like they shot today. I don't know what the, did you see the fun? All I know is Peyton didn't miss. Peyton was um, seven for seven from long seven range. For seven I from think she and missed she hit- one from the field. Yeah. But seven for seven from long range. And had nine boards and like they took her out early. Like would have had like one of the more incredible tri- double doubles ever. It was a Clay Thompson-esque performance. It was Clay. It you know, was, where like you set a record and sit out the yeah. last five minutes. Justin Partlow texted me during the, that, the gif of um, the NBA jam guy. Yeah. Like the old video game when he goes on mm-hmm. fire. Yeah. And I definitely stole it and put it out there today because I was like, this is this is incredible. And I don't know if you were watching. I think it was – I don't know if it was the fourth or the fifth one. Like she had one early and you're like, all right, good. She's in the mix. Like as soon as she came in the game, she hit one. And then she hit a couple and you're like, oh, here we go. And then the, I don't know which, whether it was the fourth or the fifth one, but there was one where Gourmand kind of like did a little handoff. And it was like one of those low, like a true Clay Thompson heat check. Oh yeah, these, like these it was not like six or seven line. feet behind the line, right. and it was like never touched the rim. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and you're like, oh no, here we go. I was just and, watching the highlights before we yeah. started on yeah. on my ESPN app, and oh my gosh, how great is it that you can just get these? Like that's what's so fun about tournament yes. and everything. Like you just go right on the homepage and do it, and you just click through. Too many dang commercials, but that's a rant for a different day. But yeah, they were just showing her, and I believe they queued up the highlights when she was five for five. So these were like in game. Yeah, and then there before. were four other good things to show before she even hit her last two. Right. Um, yeah. That was incredible. And like Todd, I mean, people, obviously probably a lot of people in my boat, I couldn't even watch. I was at work today. I was in the yeah. office. So I was following online, like old school game cast where you're seeing, you know, the play by play come by and things oh, like that. Yeah. And it was, it was unbelievable. You know, it started off and like, I don't know about you, but like, I thought Texas State was really good. I was very concerned about this game. I was too. Just given yeah. the history of heartbreak and bad things happening at exactly the wrong moment. And which, just 58-54 like two weeks ago. Yeah. Like, you just thought like, oh, here comes another rock fight. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't like a lights out shooting by either team. Um, Texas State was a worthy, worthy opponent. This was not like some low seed sneaking into the final nope. and just coming back to earth. They just ran into a buzzsaw. Uh, they like, they it, shot the lights out in the first half too. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, you got it up to like double digits and I was like, okay, this is good. But I was expecting, uh, mm-hmm. maybe you were the same way. Maybe you're more confident oh, yeah. than me. Like I'm the world's most nervous fan. So I'm, yeah. Like I was expecting some serious regression of the mean at, after the first half. And I was like, okay, they mm-hmm. just got to weather. They got to weather that, you know, it's a game of runs. Texas state's going to make a run. It's going to get close because every Sunbelt game is close, close yeah. this year. And then the third quarter happened and I'm following along. I was like, is, is this wrong? Like, what is going on with these updates? Like it's 17 points, it's 16 points. And then you're like, 
oh my gosh, like this is the fourth quarter is going to be a coronation. It's yes. not actually going to be competitive. So yep. uh, this is recency bias. And I got to go back and actually watch the game after just following it along, you know, via, via text updates. All day. But like, this has got to be up there. Save championship winning games, you know, the, the football titles and oh, yeah. uh, lacrosse and field hockey. Like this has got to be one of the greatest postseason results or, or, or efforts, not even results, like postseason mm-hmm. efforts by a JMU sports team in, in history. I mean, like to, to answer the bell like this and to win the championship going away by 30 points, like can you recall another game in the no. postseason? Like th- there have been some football ones early in the playoffs, but those are lopsided. But to actually mm-hmm. take on an absolutely worthy opponent. Yeah, they had a better record than JMU win. overall. They had the yeah. same conference record. JMU beat them the one time they played, so that's why. It was the tiebreaker. Yeah, but yeah. But I mean, it, was there a better like, answering the bell performance by a JMU team you can think of? Certainly not in recent memory. I can't think of one. I, I really can't. I, and I, and not, there's the collective and the individual, we'll get to the, back to the individual in a second, but collectively, I think you're probably right, Rob. I mean, I wrote down a couple things today. Obviously, Kiki scored 22, quiet, <laughs> quiet 22, <laughs> right? Because Pete McDaniel was literally on fire <laughs> walking around the building. Um, Kiki got player of the tournament or tournament MVP. Well deserved. Peyton also made first team. Kiki uh, also player of the year. For the also conference. player of the year. Yeah, I mean, played like player of the year. I thought as a collective group, though, I wrote down so many things. I mean, they stole the headlines for getting all the points, but there were some really clutch buckets today. Mm-hmm. That game was not. The thing is, I was like you. I was ter- first of all, I was terrified at halftime. Jamie yeah. was up ten, and it was like, and I don't know what the stats were, but I think Jamie had only made like one two point field goal in the first half. Yeah, so. They'd made like seven or eight threes and foul shots. But it was just one of those things where you're like, that doesn't seem like we're up 10, but you're not going to shoot like that. That's unsustainable. Right. That's not sustainable. And to me, I was like, oh, no, they're going to have one of their drafts. And they never did. And I thought Jamia Hazel and then Kobe King Hawea, that the sort of Kobe step back shot with the clock running down was a big one. And Hazel had a couple drives. Like both of them had buckets when that game was still tight. Mm-hmm. Um, that were really important. Uh, Germain, the, f- the greatest thing about today was I didn't think Germand or Kozlova, they both played with incredible effort today. But I don't know that either one of them would say they had their best game. Uh, Germand had seven assists, but she had kind of a couple uncharacteristic turnovers. Um, Kozlova had 10 boards, was absolutely enormous on the glass, especially early. But her, just didn't, her shot just wasn't falling around the rim today the way that it usually does. Uh and so that's encouraging in some ways. But overall, I mean, there were just contributions from all over. And then, Rob, the one thing collectively, I can't think of a better performance by a coach either. Yeah. Look, I know we're in the bag for, for Coach O, but like he early Come in the, the first the quarter, I will say the first seven minutes of that game were as intense as I have ever seen a women's JMU game. And both teams were great. Like just so intense, so fast-paced. Like everyone was like, here we, you know, it was, it was up and down and like really big effort. And he really, Jamie got up to a little bit of a lead. Uh, I don't know. They started out hot and then they, I don't know what they were up, but I remember they were up a little bit. And then at the end of the, the last three minutes of the first quarter, he took out, he stuck with his plan and he took out Kiki, Caroline, and maybe even Kozlova. Kozlova had a couple fouls in the first half, so I don't remember where the game situation was. But 
he really decided to use his bench. And that's something he told us last week was in a, when you play three games in four days, like you got to use your whole roster. Mm-hmm. And he played all those kids. He played Odekirk. He played Neff. He played Goodman. He, you know, McDaniels obviously comes off the bench to begin with. Um, but he gave them minutes when it was like a little bit frustrating. And that's kind of when Texas state got back and it was 14 all at the end of the first quarter. And you're like, Ugh. like, but it really, you, I kept thinking like nobody could sustain this pace. And we saw it. I mean, Texas state's two best players. They were awesome early on and they ran out of gas a little bit in the second half and they just didn't have the depth to bring in. And later on, I mean, in that third quarter when Kiki and Peyton got it, <laughs> really going it was good so just yeah you're right rob collectively i can't remember a better championship game performance um no there's big like clearly lacrosse over boston yeah, college softball like, we've like, seen big big, big step up but to, mm-hmm. uh, i, I yeah. can't think about this one-sided and not just the score but right. just to come out with this it was incredible and i'm glad you said that about coach too because like the, the guy we are definitely in the bag for him he's a great yeah. guy friend of the pod uh, but he's been snake bitten too in his seven absolutely. years as a head coach he's been, yeah. he's been absolutely snake bitten when you think about injuries and the covid and the things like me mentioned kevin warner's tweet it really is uncanny the bad luck these these teams had like you could make an argument even i think metlin pointed it out like they were on track probably for an at-large bid the, you know the covid year like COVID year, yeah they really were yeah. they really were like this has been a really good program and like this has been the thing i kept thinking of remember when steve young won the super bowl and he kept going on the sideline they showed him like get that monkey off my back like yeah. and even if you weren't a 49ers fan at some yeah. level i would like to think most people like well i mean that's really this is a guy who's been tortured by this and just has mm-hmm. had bad luck and really had nothing to prove steve young was a hall of famer before he won yeah, the yeah. super bowl like, right. that's kind of how i felt about this like coach o has taken some lumps from fans about like oh not getting it done when it matters and the guy's won like nearly 80 percent of his conference games he's got over like a 72 percent winning percentage he's yeah. a terrific coach he just fell upon some some bad luck and it's kind of crazy in a lot of these one bid league situations that somebody's entire resume comes down to, you know, can they, can things fall their way over three days in March? Well, and he's had seven, this is seventh year and his two best teams before this one. One is the team where Kamaya gets, breaks her hand or her wrist right before the last regular season game of the year. Yep. Right. And then the other says they can't play in the tournament or barely play in the tournament. And then the other is the COVID team, (laughs) right? Where literally the world stops. I mean, um, this was only so, Kiki's second tournament. Yeah, I thought it was awesome that I don't know who put that out today too. It may have been the same JMU folks, but just Lexi Barrier, she was you know she's one of the people who got to cut the nets down today as an assistant coach. Yeah, and it never you know probably would have been cutting the nets down in 2020 or or at least like you said going to the tournament. You know, um, yeah. I don't just, know. I, just, I, I was so so happy. I am so happy for Coach O and every and for Kiki for everybody like the team. It just yeah. I don't know, man. Like I was nervous about this. I woke up today thinking about it. You know, it was like first thing. Check Twitter. Like okay, game day. Let's go. It's, it's just there was a lot of excitement. Um, yeah. I I really I, I couldn't be happier for a program right now. Um, Me neither. And that's I, I I thought the same thing. And I I look if the men had won. And we'll get to them in a little bit. I would have been, del- you know, just beyond thrilled and excited. But in terms of like who I wanted to finish the job more, like I would have been so much more disappointed if the women had lost today than I was that the men lost last night. Do you know what I mean? Like, 
just because they were the one seed. They'd been through all this over the last few years, and I just really wanted to see them get their due. Um, also kind of cool, I saw that, uh, you know, obviously we've all heard about Virginia Tech, uh, and Coach O and I talked last week about Kenny, um, looking like they're going to be the one seed, so probably no chance of JMU falling in their in their pod. Um, but Kenny's two assistants, Coach O and the guy who coaches Chattanooga, uh, both won their first bids today. So the Kenny Brooks coaching tree, massive year for yeah. <laughs> one of our greatest alums ever. Um, yeah, really fun. And then Rob, individually, the Peyton McDaniel thing today in a title game, I was thinking about like, have we ever, I was thinking about her in relation to, I don't mean this as a knock to Peyton, but like objectively, she's not the best player on the team, right? Kiki's no, the best player, right? She's the star she's, player. Her teammate is player of the year in the conference. Right. And you could argue that like Kozlova, like, I don't know. I mean, you could argue that they're even like, she's like the third or fourth option, like in, in terms of just the way things fall. Yeah. And have That's we ever seen it? Robert Ory. <laughs> right. Well, I, no, she's better than that. But I just meant like, I was thinking about like, have we ever seen a, a performance by the non-star? Like this, and it got me thinking about players like Sarah Jubas in softball, like what she did in the World Series, where like Odyssey and Kate Gordon are the stars, but Jubas is the one that hit the ball over the fence all the time, right? Yeah. Like in the clutch moment, or or Elena Romesburg back in the 2018 team on the lacrosse team, where like Haley Warden and oh, no, oh, no, I can't remember the other girl's name, but there were like multiple players that were probably like the headline players coming in. And then you end up with this third player step up and be amazing. And that was a special, special thing. Yeah. Today. I mean, that's kind of what makes sports so fun though. Yeah. As a, yeah. And as you, you do see people who just elevate their game at, at the right moment and they're, they become legends. You yeah. Know, like, like Peyton is a JMU legend now. Kiki already was, let's be Just honest. Number seven in a title game, yeah. it scored 30 points. Like I mean, that, that is like Coluco type legendary no, status. People are going to remember that. I mean, that's Kirk Gibson type yes. stuff. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's, just, it's stepping up. That That is, you know, she should never pay Jack Browns again sort of thing. No. And I just love that Kiki was like, nobody was more excited for her than Kiki, I don't think. Mm -hmm. And I saw that little clip in the press conference after of like, um, Coach O'Regan said uh, something like, yeah, we got to figure out what we're going to do for our watch party mm -hmm. for the selection show this Sunday at 8 p.m., by the way. Um, you know, and Kiki's face was like, like she was so like surprised, like she hadn't thought about it. You could just see her like be like in real time, like look over at him like, oh, yeah, we're one of the teams that gets to do that. <laughs> you know, like. And he was like, yeah, this is what happens when you win. <laughs> I mean, can you like, – it was really oh. cool to see the joy. Like I love – March the whole bench. Is, is the, oh. the whole bench jumping up and down. But after what these girls have been through, which we've talked about a million times already tonight, but, you know, with COVID and with that yeah. awful former conference play, mm -hmm. freezing them out and everything like that, it just was so cool. And it, it's neat when you – you watch this every year as a sports fan, kind of as a distance, but then when you see it happening at a level that, you know, matters a little bit more to you and you take it all in and you realize like just getting there is literally the accomplishment of a lifetime. For it really people. is. Like you think about Kiki, 
shooting how many jumpers, you know, in her yeah. high school gym and just dreaming of this. And like, you know, she's thought about going to the NCAA tournament a million times in her life. But yeah. then today to see the realization of like just the little things that are going to be part of the experience, like a watch party, like you don't know, like, it's just so cool to think about how many times these girls are just going to like have these life altering memories yeah. of her over the next couple of days, you know, just walking yeah. through campus the next couple of days. Uh, yeah. You know, they're going to have students awesome. cheering for them and doing things and like just lining up. They're going to get interview requests. And it's, it's just so, so fun. You think that all the work that they put in for all these years, um, I mean, it's worth it regardless to get to play college sports. You know, that's for sure. But to go and, and know that they are going dancing no matter what they're going to yeah. see, JMU come across on that bracket Sunday night. Yep. Um, and then who knows? Like they play like they did today. They can win some games. Man. They are a legit threat if they play like they did today. The intensity that they played with, I thought all three games in this tournament was outstanding. Yeah. I mean, the first night against Marshall, they were like, we are not losing to this team again. Like you could tell from the opening gun. I thought yesterday they had to hang on a little bit with ODU. They got a little, uh, little dicey. Yeah, they there. had to kind of weather the storm. I think, um, Let's just say I was surprised that Old Dominion seemed to be the team that benefited the most um, from the stripes in the Sunbelt <laughs> tournament. As a fellow newcomer to the conference, I was not expecting that. But Rob, I think you, I don't know what happened in the, I mean, we could start moving out to the bigger Sunbelt tournament thoughts here, but um, I don't even know what happened in that first ODU game. I had five on the floor and one person inbounding. So they were playing six on five. Right. At the end of and, and just <laughs> Nobody called it. Yeah. No, like, like it, it was as much as I love to bag on ODU, yeah. it was an honest mistake. They weren't trying to play six on five. No, no, no. Even ODU is not that dumb. Uh, like it's, it's impossible, but like, it's crazy that they got away with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, I, I don't know. I felt bad for the, I felt bad for the fans of the opponents. I, yeah, just and then I was really frustrated yesterday. I like everybody else. I'm like, if they come back and beat JMU here in this game, like after that nonsense, I'm going to be so annoyed. Yeah, but, but JMU kind of hung in there. I thought yesterday that experience yesterday is what had me so nervous today. Like, sure, I don't think I'm not trying to imply that JMU collapsed or anything. It's just it's a tough league and a tough tournament, and I did not expect them to win going away after the break. Like I thought it would come back and I was like, okay, good thing they got out to a good lead, but they're going to, Texas state's going to come back. They're going to get within a couple buckets or they're going to take the lead, but I still feel pretty good. Jamie can win this. And then yep. boom, you know, they just yep. didn't stop making shots. No, I know. And Jamie, I've been the women's team all year. The one real pitfall for this team has been those, they have those little five minute, you know, they go half a quarter without scoring. At times, the offense falls flat. Somebody gets in foul trouble. You know they can't quite find the rhythm, and they didn't do that today. They they kept charging, and Paige McDaniel kept raining threes from all over the Pensacola seven area. For seven. seven for seven, seven for seven, man. That's <laughs> a good day right there. And I don't think I mean the announcer was pretty funny today. The commentator lady who said, you know, she's like they haven't even hit the rim. Like these yeah. just swishes like. It was just one of those days for a shooter. Um, I've certainly never experienced that, but you know, <laughs> you know, I think shooters, the best of them, have had days like that, and it, it was clay esque for sure. It's uh, a really, really fun day for the women. We are so excited. Also, it looks like bracketology. You know, 
I get this is when I get angry again about the women's tournament because they don't get the same respect. I'd, I'd also like to see the Sun Belt. Like, I don't know why this isn't a double header. Like, I assume that today was two different gates. Right? There was a gate yeah. for the afternoon and then a gate for the evening. And I get it from the ESPN standpoint. It's probably one of the reasons it was so fun on JMU Twitter today is because everybody got to watch them on national TV, which was awesome. And if you move it to tonight, you're up against, you know, all these other tournaments and everything else. But I wonder if there's a way that they could make it one gate, like a four o'clock, seven o'clock or something, you know? Yeah. Um, because I do kind of like them being co-located together. I, I, I like the co-located. Neat. I think it's really great. I saw um, Barry Sadatman, a couple JMU fans, you know, in the stands. I think, th- I think th- Mark Shea was down there. Yeah, throughout the week. Saw a few of those folks. Um, so big props to JMU fans that made it, made the trip. Um, hopefully you can recruit a bunch more of us next year. Certainly looks fun. The weather looked beautiful when we're here in the in the wind and the cold, right? Heck, I mean, you go down there to Pensacola, Pan and then just, you know, rent a car and go a few more hours, you know, tag team with the spring training. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, it, it'll be fun in the future. I like the cola. I do like, I mean, I, I hear the coaches. I heard a lot of the coaches. And first of all, huge credit to JMU, men and women. Um, I will give them both a lot of credit for the quarterfinal game. I heard a lot of the coaches of the top four seeds kind of complaining about the lower seeds play and then they get a rest day, like yeah. on both the men's and women's because they do the alternating quarterfinal day. And so <clears throat> a lot of teams in the top four struggled in that first game. I mean, we saw Southern Miss go out to South Al, but like a lot of the teams on both sides struggled in that first game back where the other team had played a game and JMU did not. Um, you know, I thought, I thought both JMU teams were ready to go from the job on the quarterfinal day. Uh, women obviously had the motivation of having just lost to Marshall, but you know, the men played well in the first game against Troy. It it certainly wasn't for like the terrible start that they had against South Alabama. So, uh, but yeah, it looks like a really fun event and just really looking forward to the future of Sunbelt basketball. I hope, more people pay attention. And Rob, the bracketology today, JMU's up to like the 13 line, which would be yeah. a real dream. That's what Coach O had said, 12 or 13. I hope they don't get like overshadowed by big tournaments and get dropped to the 14 or 15. But regardless, you stay above the 15 line where it's like versus a two or a one. And I think there's it's safe to say JMU will be safely above that, right? The most disappointing result would probably be a 14 seed at this point. Yeah. But man, if they could get in that 13 or 12 range, like they'd have a real shot. And, you know, at that 13, like I saw today, there was the ESPN one was like 13 4 at Villanova. It's like, that's a winnable game if they play yeah, anything like they great. did today, you know? Like, and then you're, if you're in, like, as Coach O said, the best thing about being in the 13 or the 12 spot is you're not only do you have the first winnable game, but you, don't play you, a one or a two it. in the yeah, second yeah, game. Exactly. Right. Then you flip it and you still play a winnable game in the second round. So maybe it's time. Maybe it's time for the first tournament win in a long time for this program. Uh, sure would be fun. Uh, and, and and it's going to be fun. I do think, I, as much as I like, don't want to overshadow JMU's thing, I think it's cool that Virginia Tech is such a big story. And I think as the, the national media will discover this, like, Kenny Brooks 
coaching tree it will thing. be part yeah there'll be some it will be a story that. when you have when they are a number one overall seed with like a first team all-american player there will be some stories of, and and also the fact that kenny is the only male black male coach in women's basketball in the power five um and yeah, I, think I didn't that, realize and, that. Yeah, and he actually had talked about that this week a little bit. Like, it's particularly challenging for men in the women's game on that um, in a different, in a kind of a different way. Hmm. And, uh, and and yeah, it's kind of. I, I just I think it's going to be. Yeah, people are going to ask him. They're going to want to talk to him because he's a compelling figure, and Virginia Tech is going to be an interesting team for the national media. And then I think they're going to discover that it's also Kenny. So he's going to, you know, he's going to shout out his guys. <laughs> Yeah. Right? So like they're going to be like, oh, yeah. And there's also two other teams that have his people in the tournament. So really great. And uh, just can't wait for Sunday. Sunday's going to be so much fun. And I kind of like I don't know about you, Rob. I'm always torn about is it, you know, so many conferences move to this last weekend. And when you're it feels like kind of small conference to be on the first weekend of conference tournament. But now the kids do get like 10 days to enjoy this. They at least get a week to like have fun on campus. Oh yeah, I, you know. I kind of like it. I'd, yeah, I've actually I, I've soured on the Power Five conference tournaments. Take like, they yeah, just don't. They, they don't matter. They absolutely do not matter. No. You know the, the decisions are made before some of these games are even played. Mm-hmm. It's just a waste. I loved it growing up watching like the ACC and the Big East and everything. And yeah, I felt like there really was something on the line. And now it, who cares? Maybe you've got a couple of bid stealers, but otherwise, the decisions are made you know, by midnight Saturday night. Oh yeah. And, and we know, I mean, we have multiple friends who are fans of some of those teams and some of them would tell you they'd rather lose in the semis of the big East tournament or the ACC tournament, like, and just get ready for the big one, (laughs) you know, like, so yeah. And that's not fun. Um, So anyways, hats off. Congratulations. So happy for everybody in this program, all the kids, everything that happened today. I, I still, I'll never get over. I will never forget this performance. That is one thing, Rob, that you said. This is one that will stand in our, we will be talking about this 10 years from now, um, no matter the state of the podcast or the blog or whatever else. Yeah, it was absolutely legendary. Like, this is one that we'll look, we'll look back on like um, soft Houston State playoff game or, you know, NDSU at the Fargo Dome, you know. Those are the kind of things that we're going to look back on. Yeah, this. it's absolutely it's up there in terms of yeah. non-national championship games. I think yeah. it's up there with any other game you can mention in JMU history. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. So, on to the men, Rob. I, I think we're both disappointed. I don't know about you. I, I mean, I I know we're both disappointed, but I don't. I don't know. I'm not like. I'm disappointed, but the sky is not falling. I, I still, correct. That's where I, I still am. think this was a good season. It. Um, I didn't know what to think about the Sun Belt going in. You know, I was like, "Oh, so that's better because of us, because of yeah, all the new teams." Absolutely. Like, I, I am encouraged about the league's prospects moving forward on both the men's and women's side. Mm-hmm. I, I realize they're both firmly entrenched in one bid territory right now, but I see reason why that can change for mm-hmm. both the men and the women. Um, the men's, you know, was very competitive last night. Just. It, Everything that went right shooting the ball for the women today went wrong for the men last night. And then you could see they weren't hitting shots early, and then they started forcing. It was kind of not only bad shooting, but kind of bad shot selection, and it kind of all rolls together. You know, 
it stinks, but essentially they finished about where their seed was and top four in the league. Like I'm not mad about that. I, I thought they did a good job at the end of the regular season to hold on and to secure one of the double buys. They mm-hmm. won a tournament game, which if you're a JMU fan or JMU men's basketball, no, that was a big know, deal. It is not a given. Nope. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm disappointed like everybody else, but I don't think this was like some sort of referendum on the state of Coach Byington or the state of the program. Or I don't think they underachieved. I think they ran up against South Alabama, beat them. Better team last night. Got to better team. South Alabama was better than its seed. Uh, Way better. You know, Those you know, of us that have been really watching closely, South yes. Alabama had been on fire. They had been since very the first good. Of the year, they've been incredible. They started out horrendously and. I don't even know. I mean, like ridiculously bad. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, save like Georgia State and you know Arkansas A State. Yeah, the rest of the league was pretty tight. You know, sure. it was pretty competitive. You know, we saw Georgia Southern didn't have a record, but we saw them beat JMU twice. Mm-hmm. You know, they were good. Um, ODU definitely struggled, but had a couple big wins even last week before yeah. it. Like it was just a tough, tough week. So I'm not down at all about this. Um, I think there's reason to be excited for the future. Terrence Edwards being a big, a, yep. a big reason for that. Um, I, we didn't see the guy play a lot, but I think this freshman point guard Brown, I think the future is really bright mm-hmm. with him. Uh, you and I loved him at Howard, and looking back now, that Howard game is a much better win than we thought of at the time. You know, Howard sure was. Howard turned out to be a really good team. Howard yeah. turned out to be very good. And, you know, great story there in DC. Talk about a turnaround. You know. Yep. Winning four games three years ago to, to win in the MEAC. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, hopefully they'll, they'll hopefully have some better luck scheduling. A lot of fans, ourselves included, were not thrilled about the, the D3 teams on the schedule. But if you believe Byington, and I certainly do, like just the other A10 schools or Virginia schools would simply not schedule JMU. I don't yeah. know if that's going to get any easier <laughs> with JMU right. being a little bit better. But I do think – when you get to that 20 win thing and people poo poo that and say, Oh, there's different, you know, 22 wins is, 22 wins yeah. is good. Like I, I do think you become a more attractive scheduling partner um, for other mid majors, you know? I, 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 yeah. And I, mean, I also think the, the arena, I also think yes, even in the like two for one major thing, you know, I don't know, potentially makes it a little, a little easier too. Yeah. And Byington's shown that he, he knows how to work the transfer portal. Yeah. Um, people can complain about that all they want and say, oh, it's not college basketball like I knew it. And this isn't the same. There's no loyalty. Well, that worth, works both ways. And Byington has pulled in a number of really good pieces from the transfer portal. Well, look, he, I mean, we think. And he did it when the program was not in a strong state, like coming out of the row years. He, guys, he got guys right away. And it's done. No, that. big thanks to Vado Morris and these guys yeah. for being a part of this program and taking Jack them where Molson. they Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Schooley, every, you know. And to think they definitely have back, you know, if 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 they come back, right? They have Edwards, Friedel, and Ianacho all back next year. So, you know, and we saw Wooden play very, very well. Wooden played great. Yeah, I still think Amadi has a very high ceiling. That Terrell Strickland back. could be back, right, from injury. Amadi, yeah, like they have most. They have a lot of guys back, so it's a different. You know, they're obviously going to lose Sule and Offram, so some of their real size and, and Molson, who was a you know enormous part of this team, but everybody else is pretty much back. And then, like you said, coach has proven to, you know, bring in good talent. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know. I mean, there were, this team was a little bit up and down. Where were they picked to finish? Weren't they picked? 
fourth or fifth. Fourth and then or they, fifth, I think. Women were picked sixth. Women were picked sixth, and but we thought that was ridiculous. Yes. Like, right. And then, you know, they weren't. I mean, I, I just I don't know. If you just told me before the season the men are gonna make it to the semis as a top four seed, you know, and I don't know. And the women are gonna win it, I think we'd take that. I'd take it. Yeah. And I think we would have thought that's a better probably a better opportunity than you know, than the I mean, we thought the women had a better chance to win it than the men, no matter what the preseason rankings were. Yeah. I think is what it comes down to. And yeah, we'll see. I think the Sunbelt I do think the Sunbelt took major strides this year, Rob. I and enjoyed I it a lot. Definitely think ODU, Marshall, JMU coming in the league. I mean, Southern Miss, I'm I'm overlooking Southern Miss who won the league in the regular season, right? Yeah. Had an all-time turnaround for that program. But I do think like Marshall and ODU have been good for a while. And they're not going to just suddenly be bad. And I, I certainly enjoyed this season more than any season in the last few years, I'd say. I think I I would say that easily, I think, Rob. Yeah, no, I I'm I excited enjoyed about it. the like, Sunbelt, but I, I certainly am excited about the teams we play. Like, I was really excited for these ODU games this year on both, uh, every time we played in both men's and women's, you know? And I can tell you, I, I enjoyed the Marshall games much more Me than too. I would. I thought of that strictly as a football rivalry. Like that was a game that I, I got pretty fired up, you know, obviously winning. I think on you the brought road, it up a couple weeks ago, but I, I really think Marshall is the, it, it, at least year one in the Sun Belt. This is looking like the real potential. There's some real rivalry potential here. Yeah, I agree. With JMU and Marshall, because you think about JMU and, and even from a Marshall perspective, think about JMU men's soccer, taking them out in the mm-hmm. tournament, you know, um, I mean, we kind of knew what we had with ODU and App, I think. And that's mostly delivered. And I think everyone in the conference and JMU has joined this group quickly. Everyone kind of hates Coastal <laughs> because it's Coastal, right? But but from a pure just JMU standpoint, yeah, this JMU-Marshall thing, I mean, their women beat us on senior night, you know, to kind of spoil the parade, you know, like uh, JMU beat Marshall soccer in Huntington in the tournament. Like, yeah, we saw what happened at homecoming for football for JMU when we were so happy and then we weren't. <laughs> yeah. There's some real fun stuff coming, I think. So excited about that. Rob, uh, Brian and I booked a room in Huntington for the Thursday night game. So we're going to start talking, talking you into it soon. Oh, really? Yeah. In football. So that's, that's the road trip. That's actually an easier road trip for me on a weeknight than the weekend. I mean, it requires taking, you know, a day, or, day, and, a half day off work. and a half off work, but in a weird way, it's actually easier than doing so on a weekend. Yeah, <laughs> really? it might be. Yeah. Might so, be. anyways, um, yeah, I don't know what anything else on men's hoops. No, I mean, like it, it was neither a raging success or a giant disappointment. I think it was just a good first year in the Sun Belt. We thought they'd be a top four team. They were a top four team. Last night was a bummer but I don't think it's a catastrophic step back or anything like that. I think it was overall, I would say the year I'd, I'd probably give it like a B. You think that's, that's kind of where I was it, last night. I thought of, I was like, this was mildly disappointing. Yeah. Like the performance last night, the result, both of them. I was like, but mildly disappointing is like, it's better maybe, than like despair. if the women had lost yesterday to old dominion, that would have been a massive disappointment. Yes. And really difficult to get over. And for so many years in the last 20 for JMU men's hoops, 
like mildly disappointing would have been like a wild clearing of the bar. <laughs> like because the season like I'd already chucked the season away in early January and was like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever supported. You know? <laughs> like yeah. So yeah, I, I don't I don't know. Like you said, I it's disappointing to miss the opportunity to go to the NCAA tournament, always. But I also feel like they have a good chance of being right back there next year. So Yeah. I th- Hopefully I think that works out. Futures are bright. Yes. And then a couple other programs we should talk about briefly. Uh, softball had a weird weekend. Um, swept North Carolina and got swept by Purdue. So I don't know what that says about anything. I do know that this team is just fine. Like they, they're clearly, the ship has been righted from whatever the first weekend jitters were. I'm very excited. Rob, I said last week, uh, we have plans to go to the April Saturday, April 1st game against Louisiana. So if uh, anybody wants to join us, it will be a really good time. Um, but otherwise, just, you know, pretty good stuff. I, I um, Alyssa Humphrey went past, became the sixth pitcher in JMU history to have like 350 strikeouts, which is pretty cool. So good company there. Uh, and lacrosse, Rob, your sport. Absolutely incredible week. This is your now eighth-ranked JMU Dukes. Uh, they moved into the top ten off a second win in a row over Maryland, Rob, and an absolute destruction of Ohio State at the weekend. So, uh, I mean, they had three national or three American players of the week. Right, the goalkeeper Cap Buchanan, who's been awesome. The I think uh, Merritt Durkin got Defender of the Week, and I can't, now I'm losing track. They also had the Offensive Player of the Week, and it wasn't Isabel Peterson. So, just incredible stuff from lacrosse. Yeah, I think oh. this might be one of the one of the best teams at JMU in terms of taking care of business and beating the teams they're supposed to beat. You know, like yeah. they don't they don't often, if ever drop games against lesser teams. And yeah. I know people are very Huge. excited. You know, they're taking scalps from these like big name things, like. They should beat Ohio State. That's a yeah, good win. But like, oh, they knock up Ohio State. Be like, no, that would have been an upset if Ohio yep. State won. You know, there, there's situations like that. Um, I just think, it, again, I think a lot of this is culture and coaching. Just yeah. they're really not afraid of anybody. And these preseason midweek clashes against a Maryland are, are not intimidating for this program. They just go no. out and everything is just like an opportunity, but that is great. But what really makes me happy is just like you said, like, you know, just beat Virginia Tech again, beat High Point again, beat Ohio State. Like they're just stacking up wins um, that they need to get. And then you pair that with an upset of Maryland and things are looking really good heading into AAC conference play. You know, oh, my, yeah. My apologies to Ty Jankowski for missing that one. Um, the other one, but you're right, Rob. I, I mean, that, yeah, they just like owned Ohio State. You're like you said, yeah. it's just a it's just a big name school, even if not a big name lacrosse program. But I also think that that those two wins in a row over Maryland. I mean, Maryland is as good as anyone. Mm-hmm. Like that's, I, and we talked about this last week and the week before. That fourteen nine loss to Carolina is looking better every day. Mm-hmm. Like every game that Carolina beats somebody ten two, or twenty to three. That is starting to look better and better. That JMU was competitive in that week one game. And I think the media finally took notice of, or the voters finally took notice of that when JMU went ahead, went out and also beat Maryland. 
uh, last week. Yeah, this is really – they're in that territory, Rob, where this is like – I mean, they're ranked eighth in the country. They're a legit threat in the way that the 2018 team was. It's starting Again. to have shades of that, huh? It really is. I mean, 14-9 against UNC is looking like it's about as good as you can hope to do. <laughs> you know, <laughs> just about anybody can hope to do. Um, and as the other teams have all kind of – I mean, I, I don't know. Just, yeah. So Carolina went out and like beat the living tar out of Boston College this week. Like, you know, who's another top 10 team. And you're like, okay. So this is, yeah, it's, I, this, it is getting real shades of that team. And I think both softball and lacrosse, it sometimes takes a little while for a program like JMU. We saw this with Gonzaga basketball. I think all those years ago, we had like the Adam Morrison team. And then there's a couple years where you're like, eh, are they really going to come back? But once you make that breakthrough and the recruiting starts to be out there, sometimes it takes a couple years for it to start to really show on the field. But it comes eventually. Well, particularly you, for spring sports. If you stick the with recruiting it. season lags, you know. Yeah, exactly. And um, also, Rob, I guess for me, I, this is a big picture thing. It's not about lacrosse. But I was thinking today, I saw Jeff Bourne in some of the photos down at the women's celebration today. We have been so fortunate. I mean, we are just, we are so lucky at JMU um, for the consistency we've had and to have the same people, the leadership in place, you know, the alignment that they've had between administration, athletics, coaches, all the way down, you know, for like 10 or 12 years now is most schools don't get that. No, it's pretty special. Kind of consistency. And I saw, I don't know if it was, I'm sure it was the school, not Metlin, but one of them was tweeting out today about like JMU has been in five, they've been in four Sunbelt championship appearances so far this year of the, and the fifth one is football. Like they weren't eligible. They would have been in five, but football wasn't allowed to be in the championship game. And no other school in the conference has been in more than two so far through the fall and winter sports. Like already that's so cool. Yeah, you know, and then you think about, I, I just think about the, whatever that plan was, they put out 10 or 12 years ago where they said like, we're going to focus on the all around student athlete experience and we're going to treat all our programs equally. And I'm pretty sure that I probably mocked that a little bit lightly at the time, right? But man, they won a lacrosse championship. They went to the world series in softball. Basketball has been awesome. Volleyball has been awesome. Football has been awesome. You know, like we're just so fortunate, you know, they're playing a team like Texas state today, who this is like their one chance to do anything. Uh, you know, sorry, I'm probably forgetting like softball or baseball or something, but like, yeah, it's, it's just a great time to be a Duke as always. And pr pretty delighted. Yeah. With no, the way things are going. Unfortunate. Yeah. And uh, baseball did not have their best weekend, but they continue to score runs. So they're not going to be boring <laughs> all year. So, Anyways, Rob, what are we gonna do? We're we gonna uh, we're gonna text each other on Sunday. Should we? We're we gonna watch this uh, selection show. Yeah, we. I mean, we could do live reaction pod right after. We just do it Monday, or we'll figure something out. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I, I have a feeling there'll be bigger outlets than us trying to get Coach O's attention next week. Oh yeah, week. no doubt so, about that. But may not be that. But yeah, um, I know. We'll see. Maybe if Nikki's, if I don't know if Radford's gonna make it or in the postseason or not. 
Maybe we get an old an old correspondent back for a week. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. We'll see. But thank you. Thank you to everybody who's been listening, uh, following along. Really looking forward to a fun week of JMU basketball content that we did not expect. I guess the last note on that, Rob, I don't blame Byington at all, but I thought, and I actually think it's good that they came out and said it. He said, like, they would only go to the NIT. Yeah, n- none of those pay-to-play tournaments. It's no, not. No, really I don't need. I don't think this program needs any of that, no. especially with the amount of seniors that like don't. They had a great experience. They had a good run this year. They play in a big arena. They don't need to go play at like Moorhead no. State or some crap no, on a Monday. No. no, that's not a fun way to it's end your career. It's beneath them at this point. That's, I, I, I think so too. Yeah, and and probably not enough bids in the NIT to go around for it to come down to the four seed, but we'll see. So anyways, I will talk to you next week, Rob. Yeah. Have a good week, everybody. Thanks. Go Dukes.